Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to the Concierge Coaches Show with Bruce Cameron and Justin Nimmergood, only on LA Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Concierge Coaches Show here on LA Talk Radio. I'm Bruce Cameron, and Justin is off this week. Well, he's not off. I mean, he's actually working. He's just not sitting in uh, Orange County eating bonbons, doing a bunch of nothing. But I believe he's out. <laughs> he's in. Uh, he's in Atlanta, I think, at uh, one of the uh, trade shows and doing his thing out there. So hopefully next week he'll be back and I'll be able to extract for our listeners what he did and how he did it. It's always fun to hear his take on things and what's going on out there in the coaching for sales and uh, front lines of startup, startup bill and business stuff. So it's always good to, to hear from him. Well, Another episode of the Just Us Department. That's right, folks. <laughs> Myself and Amanda Franklin. Amanda Franklin's with us. She's been on the show before. And we were chatting earlier this week. And thank you for reminding me it was Valentine's. I knew it was Valentine's. But anyway, it's Valentine's. And so in the spirit of Valentine's Day being Valentine's Week, I think we're going to talk about coaching and intimacy and relationships and and that. So, Amanda, how's it going? Hi, Bruce. It's going great. Thank you very much. And I am super excited. I love talking about this stuff, all that, as you say. All that. Relationships and intimacy and dating and sexuality, even how they kind of all tie together. Fun stuff. <laughs> Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah they do. I'm uh, active on social media and, you know, on <laughs> it was on Facebook and somebody was on a rant. I think it was a, a lady <clears throat> was on a rant about, I can't believe all these people are sending me DMs and, you know, friend requests trying to meet me and as if like Facebook is tender. This dude got on the comment thread and said, honey, every social media is like Tinder. <laughs> Woo, he said it was Tinder? Yeah, yeah, everything. Everything's like Tinder. You know, LinkedIn. Oh, there's you know, there's some, some truth in his words. There's some truth I, to I that. I even thought about, yeah, like when the little messages come, especially on LinkedIn, I've thought about screenshotting them and putting them out there, you know, like, can we not do this here? But it would be pointless. No. It would be pointless because <laughs> that's part of the the drill, I think. So there's there's always going to be that element out there. Anyway. I guess so. But, you know, it never lands, or in my opinion, at the place where we all want to land, right? With connection and intimacy and communication. And if anything, it comes off a little creepy. Well, it can. So I don't think it, it takes us where, where we want to go. All right. It, it doesn't. So they're they're trying to establish 
an intimate connection there. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> but, uh, but that's probably not the establishing intimacy you might be thinking about. No, it's not. I'm thinking more along the lines of communication <laughs> and trust and vulnerability and all those things that lead us to where we want to go, right? Okay. It, it is. So what is it that about this week in particular, uh, Valentine's, that kind of is a reminder, right? It's either a reminder of, you know, oh, no, it's another Valentine's Day alone, or oh, no, what am I going to do? Or, oh, crap, I forgot to get something for my spouse. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, Valentine's Week and Valentine's Day certainly a symbol, right, for love and relationships. Yeah. And so, absolutely, just like New Year's, and I just thought it was for resolutions. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, just like New Year's Day is for goals and New Year's resolutions and those things, Valentine's Day gives us a little peek or a little moment to reflect on where we are relationally or intimately. Yeah, and where we want to go and what we hope to achieve from those things. I know, yeah, I can't walk into a gas station or even down the road right now without seeing, you know, something in red, you know, reminding or, or the things that we want or say we want and just, you know, kind of finding a way to get there. I think that relationships are the most challenging element in our lives and um, romantic relationships, especially, you know, we've got a lot of hurdles to overcome. The more we know ourselves, the more we can be open and honest and transparent and even vulnerable with our partners um, and learning how to have those, those conversations um, can be what kind of make or break the relationship. Um, and so I love being able to help people, one, learn to identify those things within themselves, and then two, kind of how to take that outward and apply it to their life, whether it's in, you know, a long-time established relationship or someone who's in a new relationship or even someone who's dating, trying to figure out what those things look like for them. Um, exactly. You're the, you're the long-time married guy, so I'm sure you're going to have a ton of... Um, experience to share with us as well you know possibly possibly um i think one things that that is common and for everybody regardless of their station in relationships or intimacy is communication you know and being able to you know to express and communicate what you like and what you don't like so i think um those are very, very in, uh, important. And I think sometimes there's barriers to that in, in coaching uh, with our coaching clients, right? They may have some self-limiting beliefs that absolutely, it, yeah, inhibit them from doing just that. And because if they don't do just that, you know, they won't find, won't be in a, in a, in a relationship that is, as satisfying as it could be without advocating for themselves or meeting their, trying to meet their needs. I, I think that that's spot on. And I think one of the first exercises I do with my coaching clients when I enter into kind of the relationship area with them is I have them identify who they are and who they are not in their own space. I think sometimes we can say um, that we're confident. And then when we get in a vulnerable situation, you know, our confidence disappears. So we might need to do some internal work to <coughs> figure out you know, 
why is why does this appear at this time in my life or how is this pattern con- continuing to reemerge in my relationships because I can communicate with someone all day long hey I want a b or c out of a relationship but if I'm not first giving that to myself and then and even to a degree teaching another how to give that back to me um it's never going to be achieved as, as I see it, at least, you know, I don't know what your experience of that has been, especially being married for as long as you have, because not only are we constantly evolving ourselves and, and those needs are, are in constant motion, but the awareness and then the ability to communicate those needs is what um, I think takes us to what you said, you know, getting us to the relationship that we want to have. So what, what have you learned in all your years of marriage about the best way to communicate, um, you know, with yourself and then your wife as you're looking, you know, in, in your romantic kind of intimate, vulnerable space? You know, how have you figured that out? What's worked for you? Well, I think it's ongoing. You know, I think that just changes with the season of time, you know, um, the first four or five years of marriage, you know, have a certain kind of tenor and way about them. And then with time, you know, time and trial and tribulation and children and, you know, um, you know history of conflicts and, and those things, it just, I think things get more succinct. Things get very clear, you know, there's less, less worry or concern about how the other person reacts or how are they going to react it's it's less of a it's less of a guessing game you know when you're with somebody for a long time you know how they're going to react <laughs> you know what yeah, they're going to Yeah and that's say. the hard part like on in dating is you don't know right you right know, it can bring up a lot of fear and and I'm single I date and so you know getting to know a person um and getting to know myself in response to this person, I, I would like to say I'm pretty aware of who I am and what I want. Um, and I think with each person that I've had an opportunity to meet or go out with or even date for a, a, a you know a time span, you know I've learned more about myself. And I think that what you just said, you know, it constantly evolves. Um, it, it's it's spot on, you know. And so therefore, I've kind of got to constantly be re- reflecting of okay, I liked this experience or I didn't like this experience. Or, you know, I, I want to be spoken to a certain way, right? Or I don't want to be, you know, spoken to a certain way. <laughs> I don't want strangers sending me direct messages on LinkedIn asking me for dates. You know what I mean? Things along those lines. Or maybe I'm okay with that happening on Facebook or what, whatever our own little boundaries are um, and being able to communicate those. And so I think that you're kind of ahead of the game um, when when you're able to look and say, hey, honey, you know, this is where I'm at today and, and, and sit down and have a conversation with about that. Um, one of the things that I was hoping to kind of learn from you is, you know, when you're in those spaces with your wife, how do you kind of cross that bridge of, okay, I know that this is what I've expressed in the past that I want in our relationship, but I'm feeling like I would like to experience something new, or I have a greater need for this in my life to be met right now. How have you found in your relationship that y'all are able to effectively share those moments? Do you carve out time to do that? Do you take your wife on a date? How does that happen? Um, 
Well, a, a lot of different things. Um, usually provide choices, you know, usually there's something active, you know, something we want to do, you know, place we want to go and just say, hey, I was thinking about X, but what do you think about X, Y, or Z, you know? I mean, that, like, something as simple as going out to eat, you know, that, that would, actually, that was kind of a weird thing 15 years ago, because that would produce fights. You know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just don't know. You pick a place. I pick a place. It's the wrong place. I mean, this is, I mean, it's just Abbott and Costello. I mean, you've, everybody's seen this and read about it. And it's like, but now it's like, well, look, it's one, two or three. And, um, and usually one of the, or, or, you know, advocate for four. Tell me, you know, tell me about four. They could go either direction. You know what I mean? It's just one. So I, I think, and again, I think just having kids, you know, just articulates that, you know, mom, dad, what are we having to eat tonight? We're having this or this. Usually you don't get, you know, it's, this yeah. is not, this is not a restaurant, you know? Anyway, so I think so just bringing, bringing up a finite pull, set of choices is good. Okay. I agree with you. So have you been able to pull from that experience and bring that into your practice? Like when you're working with kind of established couples of saying, you know, let's come up with some finite options here and then and work that way because I would think that, you know, working with where if I'm working with someone who's single and learning to date, um that there's endless options, right? And so sometimes we have to get real focused on what we do want. Um and then let you know get real um kind of narrowing down how um, we're going to pursue that outwardly in our dating lives. And um, so how do you express that with your clients? How have you found a way that maybe you're able to kind of bring in this level of communication, the facing the fears? I know sometimes it can make me feel real vulnerable. And I know that I've, I've heard this often with my clients and talking about, um, okay, this is kind of my boundary. We're on date three and I'm not comfortable with where the, the, the situation is going. And so I've had to kind of stop and address like, you know, why am I having this response or why am I having this reaction or where am I at? And I've, I've also kind of found out that working with my clients, specifically the ones that are single and working through these um, fears of saying what we want or not saying what we want um, is an exercise that I take people through quite often. So when you're dealing with, um, are you helping people? Because I know in your your profession and your practice that you also work with people, you know, and just kind of overcoming some of those fears. And because we're talking about Valentine's Day and romance, how have you found, um, or what tools have you found in your practice that you can share with other coaches like myself too to help us help our clients um, overcome fears, especially in those intimate places? Right. <clears throat> so. Yeah, a lot of fear. There's an old saying about fear, false evidence that appears real, right? You know, yeah. it, it spells fear, false evidence that appears real. And, and so that's really an interesting thing because that's a manifestation of the uh, self-limiting beliefs that people hold on to, right? That gets internalized and there's the fear there. So they feel something about themselves or fear rejection, you know, from this other person early on right then you don't you're, you're i don't want to say you're on eggshells with the person's 
you know, like you said, that initial dance, people are playing very nice and trying to get to know each other. And particularly if you think you want to be with this other person, right, you're trying to do what you can to make everything as positive as possible. And then, right, as just asking them, you know, is this is this who this person is? Who who do you want this person to be? Um, you know, and if they if they continue to do things that the other person doesn't like, I just work with a just work with a coaching case where the lady was with a guy who smoked a pack of cigarettes a day, right? And she you know, he was kind of cute, and he had a great sense of humor, and he was pretty smart. But she just hated the smoking. Well, lo and behold, he wasn't giving that shit up. <laughs> you know, he's not gonna quit smoking for her or anybody. You know. Yeah. And uh, oh, I just wish you would. You know, could you cut it back? And then uh, she tried to assert herself. He's like, uh, no, because this is who I am. I'm a smoker. You know. Then there was the. The beer consumption that went along with the smoking, right? Oh, could you just cut back a little? No, because I'm a smoker and a drinker, <laughs> you know? And so this lady burned up a good nine months, right? Just trying to, yeah, just trying to see the good side of him. And was that, would that be enough to sustain the relationship? And the answer was a resounding no. You know, and the rose-colored glasses came off at month seven, seven and a half, you know, with yeah. the, and me being the coach saying, you know, I think this is who this guy is, right? I mean, if you don't embrace those behaviors, uh, you're going to be, you know, you got to make a decision, you know, so. Yeah, I know women, we're really bad about that. You know, we want to see what we want to see. We want to believe the good in people. And I'm not saying that men don't either. As a matter of fact, I, I had someone just this morning say that they want to see the good and the, the woman sitting across from them um, to the exclusion of the glaring red flags, <laughs> whether they're, you know, something like smoking or, or drinking too much or, or even whatever that is for us individually. And so <clears throat> I think that that's something, um, you know, and and all these relationship places is we have to examine that fear, right? Why are we not? Um, and with our clients, why are we not addressing what it is kind of up front and, and getting to the root of that fear? Um, you know, perhaps it's a fear of being alone or e even some self-worth issues, right, that will keep us in places where we might not necessarily be having our needs met um, in, a, in the healthiest way. Um, or how, you know, we, we allow something to go on because we fear what will happen if we don't. You know, I see that a lot in my clients, that they will stay in a place um, because it's comfortable and they believe at some point it will be okay. Um, and I just don't usually see those things working out. I'm kind of like you, like, let's just face what's going on and, and let's go on and, and begin to look at ourselves. Um, but... <clears throat> So I was hoping we could talk some more about um, today about kind of creating emotional connections. You know, mm -hmm. I think that in a world, especially when you started out with social media, that creating a, um, a vulnerability and an intimacy and an, an honesty and an openness and even a transparency can be um, really hard in, in relationships and in dating. Um, 
So when you're working with your clients, what are some ways that you help people learn to establish um, um, an emotional connection and, and grow that? Yeah, we take a look at, ask them to take a look at that emotional connection that they do have with their other, their partner or, yeah, significant other partner, et cetera. So, you know, what, what are those connections? What do they look like? Um, are they shallow? How could they get better? You know, good coaches ask good questions. So it kind of ask a lot of, I ask a lot of questions around, you know, around those connections. Um, you know, even even that love language stuff pops up here, right? When do you feel the most loved? Well, I feel the most loved when somebody, you know, sees a, a broken light bulb and fixes it immediately. The oh, door handle. No, but that, that's that's the uh, active service person, All right? And yeah, I know. I, I wish, but. Uh, or the words of encouragement person. Hey, you look great today. Hey, you look good in that outfit today. Oh, you look pretty today. Hey, you know, you did such a good job. I really appreciate you doing X and Y and Z. And the words of encouragement. And then there's the gift giving person. You know, hey, I was. <laughs> hey, I was. I got this is a gift giving nightmare. Oh, gosh, it was. When was it? Oh, man, the kids were super little. And I was in Puerto Rico on a on a federal prison trip, and I saw a piece of jewelry that was green and had core. It was I thought it was really cool. It, it was a bracelet, and it was just really cool, right? I mean, it just kind of popped out at me, and I remember um, an outfit, right, that that uh, my wife had. <laughs> And it went, that was those colors, right? The white and the coral, whatever. This is greenish coral. And so, you know what? I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to buy this damn thing, you know? I mean, it was expensive. You know, $19.94. <laughs> anyway, but uh, so I brought this thing home, came in to the kitchen, took out the little jewelry box cracked it open and there's this beautiful bracelet and you want to know what she said what why the hell did you buy me a fucking expensive bracelet we could have paid six bills with that damn now you can't take it back because it's halfway across the freaking planet i I got my ass chewed man (laughs) woo so guess what no more surprise gifts (laughs) Hey, I mean, clearly, right? And I was thinking in my mind, you know, that there was a universal that, that, you know, women would want somebody to know that somebody was thinking about them, you know, and got them something. I I think that that's a really good example. (laughs) We can begin to kind of examine. um, One, I'm sorry that that happened, but I think. Oh, yeah, dude. That was like, woo messages that we've all been told what relationships should be right and what intimacy should look like and what sexuality should look like in our lives um versus stopping and kind of defining that between the two people that are in the relationship right um you know i think that there is definitely a, just an, a, like even 
right now, Valentine's Day, everywhere you go, buy a person something, buy the person something, buy the person something, you know, as opposed to find out what does the person want and then meet that need. Um, and I think that's one way we can kind of drill down with our clients, you know, that, that sure. might be struggling in that intimacy relationship connection way, you know, okay, Bruce, so yeah. now you know that next time you want to buy her something, call her and ask her if the bill changed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, which would you rather have? Would you rather have this or would you rather have that? And then you're both kind of getting or none of the you're above, yeah. Or, or none of the above, right? Those that XYZ you referred to, right? Like, what is it that each person is wanting in the relationship? You know, am I wanting to make my partner feel valued in this moment because I'm feeling like adding to their life and what's the best way to do this? And then it, but it's hard though, right? To call and say, Hey, I'm standing in a jewelry store and I want to buy you a bracelet, but I don't know if that's what you want mm-hmm. because we want to be able to surprise that person. Right. Right. You want that surprise element. Right. Yeah, and, but it but we've been sold so many things in in our lives about what we should, and even as women, well, I should want that bracelet. Well, I'm I'm not like a jewelry person either. I'm a little more practical myself, you know. Um, right, right. And so I, I can completely yeah. get that. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, the being able to communicate that, you don't know it till you're in that moment. You're like, oh wait, this all blew up <laughs> in a different way. Yeah. So, so your, your love language then is definitely gift giving. Well, it, it, no, 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 not, not, no, 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 none of the above. Mine is quality time quality and time. Uh, touch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's that, do you take your clients through those exercises? I know that there's like even a little online quiz they can take. Yeah. I think it's got like 30, 30 questions or something where we can just kind of pause and, you know, you're right. working with a couple or even with a single person learning like, hey, this is something I identify with. Is that part of what you would encourage other people yes. to do as well? Yeah, yes, because those are, you know, that that is certainly a fast track to to make points or to hit home runs or whatever. When you're speaking that person's love language, I mean, it really, it really does help. But another thing I want to jump in there is the false expectation that I'm I'm going to find my salvation if I just find the right person. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I, I, I'm going to then I'll be I'm, happy. Oh yeah, I'll be quote quote happy. And man, that is a setup for failure. And uh, and uh, I know it sounds kind of brash, but it's a setup for failure because your happiness weighs way more. It'll snap the bridge. <laughs> your 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 happiness. Can, you know, a relationship can't sustain an, a person's entire happiness. I'm not saying that I, it never happens. You know, there there may be some 95 year olds now that are really kind of self actualized, and they've been married 60 years, and God gives them another day, and, and that's a wonderful thing, right? I get it, but kind of in the throes here, 30s, 40s, uh, maybe early 50s. That that is something that I kind of invite my clients to look at because, right, they may have some unrealistic expectations in the beginning of their search for a mate or dating that could lead to trouble (laughs) down the road. And I agree with you 100%. I tell people all the time, it's not another person's responsibility to make you happy. And then on the flip side of that, whatever 
little jewels or nuggets of misery you're holding on to that you believe a relationship will fall are going to come front and center. They're only going to be accentuated when you're coupled with someone. Um, and I think that's why that self-work when we're working with our clients is so important, right? That we have to work on ourselves. Um, and I agree with you. I don't think that another person or a relationship can bear the weight of our happiness without snapping it. Um, I think that we, I know that I do, and I have to become hyper aware of this stuff all the time. I hold a lot of stereotypes of what a relationship should be, right? What a person should be doing, right? He should pay the bill on the first date. That's not fair, right? That's not, you know, I kind of like it to be fair. So I'm just going to be honest with it. Yes, he should yeah. pay the bill on you know the what? first date. Yeah. But I think well, as a, progress, a relationship progresses, you know, we might need to look at our finances equal, right? Can this person afford to be the the one that, you know, pays for all these things? Are they doing this? You know, when it boils down to I'd expect that person to make me happy, you know, a, a stereotypical idea might be it's his job to wine and dine me. Well, not necessarily, right? And that could be one of those little points of, and I know that that's not the best example, but, you know, there are people that out there that think that way that it should be another person's job to entertain us correct and then that will bring us happiness um or they're going to be the the all-encompassing person to meet our emotional needs i think that that's a big one that can put a lot of weight on relationships um i know that i found that i have girlfriends that i can talk to much more openly about certain things that i don't necessarily know that i would tell a person i was dating in the moment for sure. Um, but to put all that weight on one person, I think, can be a, a lot as well. Um, yeah, it absolutely. That's just me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know another one that I have a big stereotype around thinking of like expectations is I think the man should always plan the date, don't you? I mean, isn't that what men do? Y'all are supposed to plan the dates. And that's one that I get hung up with on all, all the time. And maybe it kind of goes back to the when you were, you know, fighting over where y'all were going to go eat, you know, I don't care what we do. Just make some, take the initiative and do something. Let's have some fun. <laughs> right. Is that unfair for us to put that on y'all guys? I mean, no, it just depends. You know, it depends on the culture, right? I mean, think of some of the young millennials or Z's that are millennials that still living with mom and dad post-college or whatever, you know, it's like, yeah, that's a whole different kind of frame of reference, right? I mean. <laughs> they ain't paying for the bill <laughs> anyway, but uh, uh, <laughs> well, I thought you were talking about us 30, 40, 50 well, old, oh, the, so. the, the, you know, the, 20, was, the late yeah, 20s, but, but yeah, I mean, so no, I your, your question is interesting, right? Because roles are changing. Well, I, I guess to, it depends on what gender I am. If I'm going to be tri gender or gender fluid, or just kidding, I'm, I'm messing with you. Um, but you, you know, know what I'm saying? Do you see how absurd? You know, like what? Like everything is up for grabs, and and I think some of the more mores and values <coughs> about dating are up for grabs here as well. Speaking of, let's talk a little bit about dating. Let's talk about dating. <coughs> well, what certain part stereotypes. Would you I guess. like to talk about? Stereotypes. <coughs> yeah, were well, there certain stereotypes what, that yeah, define what, our what perceptions? Is stereoty- yeah, is there one that kind of 
comes to mind when you think about it more than anything else? I know when I'm working with my female clients, I always ask them, like, you know, what are your perception of men, right? Okay. Um, because I think sometimes we can have these self-fulfilling prophecies or, you know, what is a stereotypical, not even stereotypical, but you know, usually I will just begin, what does a typical date look like for you? How does that, you know, play out in your mind? Is he coming to pick you up at your home or are you meeting someplace or... I think there's a lot of stereotypes that goes back to those expectations. Well, I have an expectation that he should be doing this, and we've yet to communicate that with another person, and we're asking for trouble from the get-go, which is kind of goes back to our original point of communication. How do we learn to communicate all these things in such new spaces, as opposed to people that have been married forever, and y'all just the 96-year-olds that are <laughs> speaking each other's language and reading each other's sure. thoughts by this point. You know, in a dating world, uh, many of us don't have that that luxury. We're kind of trying to wing it and figure it out. And I think I'll tell you, is the, there is a stereotype that I think is fairly universal for women. Mm, I don't know how far down I'll go. I mean, I'll go down as low as like 32. And I'm sure it's not true, but 32 and older, right? That I've noticed. And it I'm goes super like, anxious to hear this one. <laughs> yeah, no, no, this is real talk, man, from the battle lines. Okay. Here. Yeah. Is that um, they'll say, "Man, I just wish he would take me on a date. I just wish, for once, I could put on a nice outfit, and we could go somewhere, and just go on a just a date. You know, instead of constantly." the beer joint or something super informal or grab, grabbing a meal or Netflix and chill. But it seems like some of the ladies want that. I don't want to say ritual, you know what I mean? But they want that. They want to put on the nice outfit and the heels and the dress and the makeup and, you know, go out there. And, I agree with you. Yeah. I think that we it's, I think you used a perfect word, the ritual of it, right? Mm -hmm. That we're excited, especially like when you're, you're single and, and hopefully when you're married too, right? And, and you know that you're going to get some alone time with your person, especially if you've got a house full of children where that never happens. And you're able to kind of feel like a single girl in that moment, right? You're able to step away from the responsibilities of life and just be present certainly, with the person. Certainly um, a special girl. I shouldn't say the word girl because it's going to be offensive to somebody. But, yeah, you're feeling special. You know what I mean? Somebody's attending to you. You're dressed up. But, yeah. Yeah, and you want to feel yeah. desired. You want to feel wanted. Mm -hmm. Yes, and you want to flirt. You want to get their attention. And, mm -hmm. and you know, it, with, with women especially, you know, when you're saying, let's talk about some stereotypes. I mean, we're bombarded with the message of looks, 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 looks. You know, and you have to be this. And, and you need to be you know, the, the homemaker and the, the bunny at the same time, right? And so learning to balance all those roles and trying to, to the best of our ability, because I believe the majority of women actually do try to wear multiple hats um, right. in their relationship. Um, but, you know, we're wanting to see that kind of come back to us sometimes. But, you know, I'll admit it, you know, that if I've gone out with somebody for a while in the last five times, our, you know, nights out have been Tilly's and, and Wingstop, right? 
right. I might get a little pouty and be like, hey, I want to put some cute shoes on. You know, I want to go dance. I want to, you know, connect with you. Um, and so from a guy's perspective, like how is that message received? You know, is it is it received as, okay, my partner is asking for something or is it perceived of, hey, we were at Tilly's and Wingstop the last three nights, what's wrong? You know? Yeah. Or the dude doesn't want to spend that much money. Because usually <laughs> that, that date. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that, yeah, come on, man. Come on. That date. Let's go somewhere nice. Oh, sh- oh crap. Somewhere nice? Shoot, I'm looking at a hundred bucks right now, going down the down the drain, man. And, so, and that's uh, the problem. And that's am I not worth a hundred dollars? Am I not exactly. worth 120 bucks? And that's what happens, right? When you start thinking, really, you're not going to spend a hundred bucks or what? Twenty bucks, whatever it is, right? It's, yeah. It's really hey, let me let me tangible. let me uh, send out a. You're like this. This is kind of a a good shout out to you because. Let's see. You and I were in a, a some meetings in Los Angeles, <laughs> and right, and and we went to uh, we had our, our one meeting at that one place uh, that that you and I both knew people. But then I think that the funny, the best thing, which I thought was pretty cool, was when uh, we had a meeting at a UFC restaurant guest. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Now, fellas, a, a good 30% of the men fell off their chairs when Amanda went to the to the bathroom. So that's just something to consider as uh, as informal as that was. So anyway, that was a shout out to oh, you. Thank a, you. Yes, even, even in the dress down UFC <laughs> guys beating each other to death environment, you were... Uh, well, thank you. And that's the point. We'll go to UFC with you and sit there and watch. <laughs> but I guess this, again, it boils back down to just communication. You know what I mean? Just communication and yeah. constant communication. Just, you know. Do you like and, that? And it can even. I said, we're I going did. to this UFC place. You're like, uh, okay. <laughs> that was good communication. Yes, yeah. Yes. This is where we're going. <laughs> anyway, just kidding, man. We had, no, we had a. So, play there you know when i'm working with my it was it was fun we got to meet some great people we had uh, and i remember some conversations that night about dating right and what's appropriate to be said and and what's not you know that's right right. um, yeah i remember your friend i was just like yeah you don't get to talk to me that way (laughs) and so but that's because i've taken the time to do the work to know where my boundaries are and i think that that's what kind of gets us especially from a dating perspective gets us lost is when we don't know you know, as women are worth, right? That we don't have to do that. Or even as men, you're worth, you know? Talk um, about some of those boundaries. Not not the obvious physical one, but talk about some of the, yeah, let's talk about those well, boundaries. Well, I mean, just like on a, on a dating thing for me, right? Um, and and I grew up in a world much different than the one that, that I currently occupy. I grew up in a, in a, just a different world. And it, I had to evolve into learning what respect felt like from the opposite sex because my the message I had growing up and and I think a lot of women do you know is that your value is in your appearance and your sexuality right and so everything around us is sexualized and so it was a fearful process for me to evolve into saying 
one, realizing I want your attention, but I don't want to be talked to that way, or I don't want to be treated that way, or I don't know you well enough to speak to me in that tone or whatever that is, um, while kind of dealing with that internal conflict of I kind of like this person and I want their attention, but I really don't like the way that the conversation is going or, and learning to balance all those things. I think, I mean, just for me personally, and for a lot of other women, I know, you know, learning to say no. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about a major boundaries, but just know at this space in the relationship, um, this isn't a line that I'm willing to cross and nor can you cross it. Right. Like this is, you know, just because you want to look at me and gawk doesn't mean that that's appropriate to me, you know, or my eyes are up here or whatever that is, right? Um, <laughs> just getting a little overt about it, right? You know, but, but um, you know, those boundaries, you have to know what they are and they're unique for all, all right. of us because some women are completely okay with that. I'm just not the one, you know, and but I think that it boils down to a communication thing. I kind of try to set that tone from the beginning with someone and the way I carry myself and the way I yes. communicate and even the physical distance I keep from the person, right? Yes, yes. Um, yep. You know, my body language should be sending messages of where my boundaries are at. And and just so knowing those things, I know that, you know, just as, as I've grown as a human being, there was a time in my life that I was just a very naturally flirty person and she's still there, but I try to be very aware of it when it's in situations oh, yeah, that's because, not the message that I because, want to yeah. deliver. Yeah, dude will yeah. run with that, right? Like if you're the least <laughs> bit flirty, it's like, well, I thought you were wanting to do xyz yeah, because you did me. yeah because you're flirting with me therefore <laughs> oh boy oh. yes so you know That's but i i was thinking too you know just not about hammering on singles and not to make this about me but i think that these are important things to kind of go over but i was thinking about um you know when we were i was kind of doing a little homework for the show but i was thinking specifically about the couples that i work with and kind of questions that i walk them through as they're trying to either kind of reestablish or reconnect their intimacy. Um, and I think if you're okay with that, since yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Time, yeah. We can spend some time talking about how I coach my clients to reconnect that way. And, and maybe, you know, some gives our, our listeners. Um, question number one. Oh, I, yeah, I love your question. Read it. Cause I would love, lo- oh, my gosh, that's money. Say it. It would sound so much okay, better when, so- if you say it. what can I do to show you how much I love you right look at your partner and even if you're asking it daily today what can I do to show you how much I love you right um you know the Gottmans they're 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 nationally known internationally known for their you know marriage and communication um, style and one of the techniques they recommend to couples is right spend 15 minutes create a ritual every day you know, of uh, connecting and whether it's in the morning before the day starts, whether it's in the evening where there's nothing, no, nothing distracting. But this to me would be one of those questions like today, honey, what do you need from me? How can I love you today? Um, mm. And I think that that's a big question because then you're allowing the other person the opportunity to say, this is what I need from you at this moment in my life. Um, mm. And that's so and nice. Then- it's so open-ended and, and it can just be anything, you know? So that is such a good question, and, and you're spot on about the rituals, spot on, whether it's in the morning or in the evening or what, you know, and, and, and taking that time to connect with one another. Yes. I agree, and then taking the ownership of it, you know, whether it could be something as simple as today, I don't have time to take up a dry sink, and I really need it today. Can you do that? And then making sure you follow through on that for your partner, 
or communicating, I am not going to be able to do that, but how else can I love you? You know, this is where it becomes, like you said, open-ended and communication can be built. And then from there, trust and, and reliability and all those things. And for women, I mean, guys, if y'all are listening, this is what women love. <laughs> you know, we love to know that you're listening to us and helping us out. Um, you know, that's intimate to us. So yes. I think another question is great. And and I think that this is a is a, a oh, very yes. important question. Um, very... Asking our partner, you know, whether it's weekly, I don't even know if it has to be daily or just like a monthly check in. You know, is our relationship physical enough for you? Right? Maybe every month set up like a little report card system specific to your relationship. Right? You know, hey, I really enjoyed it when we did this, or I would love to be more adventurous like we were here. You know. And then depending on what they say, ask your partner, what can I do to make it better for you? Right? How do we get to the next level? And then we can start having those communicate those those conversations where we're communicating things that, that historically have been taboo in our society, right? These right. are my fantasies. This is what I want to experience. This is what I like, and this is even what I don't like. Um, and I think because it's just as important to relate to our partners the things we don't like in a physical sense. Um, as opposed to pretending, because then we're selling everybody else short. <clears throat> yeah, that's. I the, think the next yeah. question on the list, yes. and I would love to see what you say about that. Right? I mean, this is a you're a guy's perspective, and so you're able to offer your clients and and whoever's listening, you know, a perspective that I don't have. We'll go ahead and read the question. Oh, first one is, um, <laughs> and, and I. This would be really, <laughs> I think this is an important question that kind of ties into the first one, but what are the things outside of the bedroom to keep the feel that I can do outside of the bedroom to keep the feelings of intimacy alive all day? And it's a daily question, right? How can I love you best today? Right? And that doesn't I, mean sending nudes, right? Or, or, or dick no, pics. we don't want the news. There is right. very no. few women on the face of the earth say, oh, I love that <laughs> with any seriousness. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, like, for, I don't know what it is for men, but I know for women, it is remembering the details of our day, right? Right. A simple, I'm thinking of you touch, right? Or telling me I'm beautiful or, or how you desire me or are you like the way that my shoes look that morning or, yep. you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that's how it looks for women. What do you think it looks like for men? And how do you, you know, get your clients to identify these things within themselves too? Yeah, and I think what 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 needs to be not present for all these questions is if one or both of the parties are harboring anger or resentment to the other person, because you know it's kind of hard to to ask these questions or deliver on these questions if you're harboring anger or resentment. This could be <laughs> later, you know. It, it, it's wax and wanes, you know what I mean? But uh, but regardless, and this is interesting, regardless of um, the issue at hand, particularly if this is a committed relationship, I, you know, still ask these questions, you know, and then and and, and that'll help work through possibly the anger and, and resentment because because the anger and resentment might stem from one of these three questions not happening you know what i mean you're exactly right if i so, asked you to get the dry cleaning and you didn't you didn't 
I had to tell you, yeah. you know, I told you three times what I've done today. And you weren't paying attention. Oof. Yeah, and that's a big one, right? That's that a huge one. That is a really one. big one for us. Big... We want your, women want your attention more than anything else. Mm. Um, even if stereotypically some people would say otherwise. But so. I think that those are good questions and, and learning to ask those questions in smaller ways in a dating right. capacity has its benefits too, you know? It does. How can I best get to know you? Yeah. Well, we are two minutes from the bell, about a minute and a half. So, see, that went by fast, didn't it? Talk about relationships. Yeah, it went by fast. Yeah. Time flies by. I love talking about it. Yeah. And yeah. All the fun stuff that can happen. You know, it's, it's what a lot of our problems are about, are these relationships of, of one degree or another. So, it's a big issue. Uh, and being able issue. to help our clients navigate mm. this is, is important. Very important. So, um, well, folks, how, how can, or not folks, well, Amanda, how can folks reach you? Uh, I know you have a website and some other connection points and your well, the, the Instagram. Best way probably right now, and the easiest way I was going to say is my Instagram, which is at A Franklin Coaching. Um, and that would probably be the, the simplest way um, to get in contact with me. And then from there, you can always message me and I can um, send you to the next appropriate resource. Yeah, put that in your bio. Put DM for inquiries. Add that to your bio if you haven't already. <clears throat> that people that way people will message yeah. you on your Instagram. A lot of people, um, there's kind of Instagram code that if you DM them, that's kind of an intimate move. You know what I mean? So uh, uh, some people, well, some I people hostile. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Why, why are you talking to me? I don't respond. Yeah. You're like, why are you talking to me right now? I'm a public figure. Um, so uh, invite them to be able to do that. I think it's great. Yeah, and folks, her uh, Amanda's Instagram is awesome. Lots of good original memes and materials. And um, my Instagram's B Cameron too, but uh, it is void of smart sayings or memes. It just has pictures well, of good food. Yes, I can do that. And the cute dog. I mean, you do have the cute puppy on there. So. I have a cute dog, yes. And uh, that yeah. Palmer goes a long well, way. Well, thank you for allowing me to uh, be a part of your show today. I appreciate it. Thank you. It. Well, I appreciate you coming in and sitting in for Justin. And and uh, we both appreciate that. And hopefully, folks, you got something out of uh, the material that we had today. So thanks for listening to the Concierge Coaches Show here on LA Talk Radio. Uh, we'll be back here next week at the same time. You can see us on The Concierge Coaches on, uh, let's see, Instagram, The Concierge Coaches on LinkedIn. There's a Concierge Coaches page on Facebook, and I can be reached at conciergecoach.net. So until then, we'll see everybody next week here on The Concierge Coaches Show on LA Talk Radio. Take care and have a great week. You're listening to the Concierge Coaches Show with Bruce Cameron and Justin Nimmergood, only on LA Talk Radio.